0: It's the Meg John and Justin Podcast. Yay
1: <laughs> Oh, we're having so much fun with that. you you gotta have something in there for you, haven't you? Yeah. You know You
0: do. <laughs> also we've been looking at art so far like I wanted to be a bit more that's right. Something with it. A bit That's more, right. Yeah. We've
1: been well arty.
0: Well arty today. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: we've been round, we've just literally been round the, um, an art show at the Barbican Art Gallery called Modern Couples.
0: Yes. What's the subtitle? Not art, m- Intimacy and the Avant-Garde. Yeah. But it's all about like modern artists and their relationships. Yeah. What would, like you say, the time frame... Some of them were the late 19th century, in, yeah, up to, to the, about the 1950s, something
1: yeah, like that. Yeah, so it's kind of um, across all of that, the, the really exciting kind of avant-garde era of art that, mm. we, that we're kind of familiar with now. So things like, so it kind of incorporated various art movements like um, surrealism and Dadaism and the beginnings of abstraction. Uh, futurism Futurism. constructivism
0: I don't know anything about art so this was quite a challenge for me but I've learned quite a lot but I would yeah I I did I'd heard of some other people it's got Salvador Dali Virginia Woolf Georgia Mm -hmm. O'Keefe that kind of Marcel Duchamp Duchamp who we've already mentioned on the podcast before that's right listeners (laughs)
1: Um, actually I think that might be on an upcoming podcast about endings
0: oh yeah okay one
1: that we've already did. we did that an art gallery
0: we did yes at, Tate, at the Tate wow we're so arty at the moment we are
1: so we are well <laughs> arty
0: so um it's not just that these are free places that we can go and hang out no. <laughs> to can and Tate Modern <laughs> no exactly um
1: so uh the context for why we went to see this particular art show Modern Couples is that we were asked by the curators or the organizers yeah Barbican people mm-hmm. to do an event so yeah. event alert there is an <laughs> event coming up with that uh, MJ and I will be facilitating Indeed. slash running it's a yes. workshop
0: a workshop in the Barbican
1: yeah uh December relating to
0: the 6th? 6th yes
1: um, in the evening the details will be out shortly and we'll share those on our socials <laughs> um but yeah, we're going to do a workshop which kind of ties into um, the Modern Couples um, exhibition, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll be using it as a way of talking about. Um, in fact, let me read out the blurb.
0: Oh yeah, we did yeah, a well. You, you did a, you did a great blurb.
1: I mean, I did a blurb. It was a good blurb. You know, I just. I wanted um, to go to it,
0: which yeah? is great because I am going to. It, so. <laughs> you, you <are. laughs> You are definitely coming to this, (laughs) hashtag consent, Uh,
1: yeah so we're calling it like modern couples make your own relationship rules, Yes. something like that and then the actual blurb uh, is modern couples demonstrated how artists at the beginning of the 20th century and a bit before actually Mm -hmm. uh, were taking the radical approach to their work and applying at least some of this radicalism to their personal relationships. Justin Hancock and Meg John Barker, that's usually the other way around, isn't it?
0: No, nice to mix it up, though.
1: Uh, It doesn't go as well. Mm. Uh, Are here to help you explore the different kinds of relationship models seen in the show and how we might navigate them today. From monogamy to ethical non-monogamy to relationship anarchy and our relationship with ourselves, this friendly and practical workshop will give you helpful tools to help you with whatever kind of relationship style might work for you. The workshop is open to anyone, regardless of previous knowledge and experience. We hope it will be lively, interactive, fun and thought-provoking. It sounds like a
0: corker. Yeah. Yes, come so along. I
1: do come to that. December the 6th, uh, yeah. we will share details of how you can get a ticket to that forthwith. Mm. But first of all, yes. we thought we'd uh, go around the show and do a podcast about the show.
0: Yeah, about this exhibition, um, which we'd encourage people to stop yeah. and see if you're in London. It's, it's a, a
1: really big show, so yes. there's a lot on. So um, you need to, to feel like you've really properly taken on board all the relationships and kind of looked at all the mm. art and thought about it i reckon you need like a couple of
0: hours definitely it's really big it's... and you'd, it'd be nice to be able to pause a bit so i yeah. don't know if they let you go in and out with a ticket i imagine they might yeah, and, yeah uh, i would do like a bit a bit of time and then go and have some lunch and then do the rest of it because it's on two levels isn't it and yeah. like you know we were we took a long time over we it, did. and uh, and still you know i'd have liked to have spent longer on different yeah. bits but from an
1: accessibility point of view, it's okay. They've got a lift on the yeah. two floors and a lift to get there and stuff. But it just—it's really big.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. I've been around it twice now, and I feel like the stuff I haven't really taken in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a lot. But we would encourage you to go if yeah. you can't do it. I think the full price ticket is sixteen pounds, or it's mm-hmm. free if you're a Barbican member. It might be even be worth you becoming a member of the Barbican if you want to go to all of their. Um, events, they sure. have
0: some good ones. Yeah, They've had some, had some good stuff on Transgression really recently. And yeah, yeah. yeah, there's some nice stuff in the gallery.
1: So mm. um, we're going to talk about the show. In, in fact, in many ways, um, uh, this uh, podcast uh, relates well to the last podcast that we published that was out about um, diverse relationship models. So yes. it's kind of like a continuation of that,
0: really. Yeah. yeah and um, this is nice because it gives you and it gives you specific examples of how those artists and writers and people did their relationships yeah and to some extent how it related to their art and their creativity I think Um, so but that you know you don't need it's just even nice just to think oh here are some people who did it like this and like this just shows you that what those relationships might look like in practice
1: yeah Mm -hmm. because they were doing um we'll talk about the specifics. in as much as we can because we're not expert we should say we're not uh, art critics or art experts although we have an interest in it yeah um we're certainly not art historians no um and we don't i mean we don't know to what extent we don't know a a great deal about it we're only going off what we've learned about the exhibition but we're bringing our, Mm. our 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 relationship uh, Chats, this aren't we? Our relationship lens.
0: Exactly, but you know it's always really hard with this stuff. I mean, the one, the one relationship in history that I do know something about yeah. um, is uh, Jean Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir. Yeah. But you read like the biographies of them and there's such different ideas you know and one it will say oh he was the non-monogamous one and he kind of forced her into it in others it's like she's the one who's kind of saying that would be better fitted with their philosophy it's like yeah. you know it's so hard to tell what the reality of a, of a couple's relationship or anybody's relationship actually was like on the inside and you get that going on the exhibition you think well what, what you know it, the the breakup is captured in one line and you're yeah, like wow yeah. what was that actually like and was it really about the things that it says it's about or was it just something happened in private in that relationship that you know we couldn't possibly have insight I into
1: that's a really good place to start the mm. historiography is is what you know, that um people might be very good art historians but they might not be good at telling stories of what actually was happening in yeah. people's relationships because first of all we have uh, we don't often don't know what's going on in private relationships and there's like yeah. a public version of a private version which we saw and mm. um, and then when people are trying to guess what happens in the private version people bring their own kind of lens to it don't they absolutely and so they examine other people's relationships through Their own lens and the lens that culture is giving them at the time, the the ways that the the tools that people have to examine uh, relationships. So, um, you know, I guess that if people knew about their uh, about, if I guess that's that's the thing about the show, though, isn't it? Is that Mm. actually a lot of the show going around was. Uh, quite normative in the way that it was put together like in the Mm. the ways that people refer to relationships yes so the first very good example of that which they do talk about in the opening bit when you first go in but basically they say they the whole show is about modern couples that's what it's called yeah but so many of the relationships are not couples
0: exactly at all yeah
1: some of them a lot of them are actually like thruples yes or uh, or quads Mm -hmm. they're the right terms aren't they yeah yeah or or triad yeah
0: triad or thripple. yeah
1: um even those relationships were kind of like written up on the board as if they were just lots of different couples right
0: right and the thing i also noticed was how nearly every explanation of that of the couple concerned comments on whether or not it was romantic and whether or not it was sexual yeah even if we don't know it says we don't know and it's like as if those were the really important kind of elements Yep. To know about a, a relationship, whether it's romantic, whether it's sexual. Exactly. Yeah, whether it ended or whether it stayed. It's, it, you know, it's just interesting. Like you say, that kind of viewpoint that we might have from a kind of Western perspective of what makes a relationship is kind of through Big the time. exhibition. You know, both, yeah, both it runs through it and occasionally is challenged in some really interesting ways.
1: Yeah, yeah. like relationships had to be sexual, didn't they? Or mm. they said intimate, which is like a yeah. code for sexual. But... um the The interesting thing here, and I guess this will come, this will bring on, brings on to that, the first point about a lot of artists, is that um, I guess this is also a relation in. We can bring in our relationship here as mm. well, like that. What is it that makes a relationship happen? Like what you know? What yeah. is like a, 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 the extra thing? And you know, when it's clear that you can have romantic, highly intimate relationships without sex, yeah. as the asexual community of, um, mm-hmm. of uh have uh, highlighted yeah um then there can be other things that can be there instead can't there so there could mm. be like a sensuality or a closeness or living together or exactly shared care and in our case work you Cre- know and what creativity, we're doing. yeah yeah
0: um and i think yeah it starts to really question uh, how we define what is a relationship but it reminds me of Audrey lord's work on the erotic as well mm. which is like you know Thinking about a poem can, writing a poem can be erotic or making a bookcase. So, in a sense, you know, it's a, it, a creative relationship could be seen as a different kind of erotic relationship. Yeah. There's definitely a, a passion, there's definitely yeah. a fire to it, yeah. um, but it's a different kind of one. But yeah, it's still really hard to explain to somebody that that can be as important a bond as a sexual bond, for example. Yeah. People will still tend to downplay that relationship as less, somehow lesser. And that's interesting in this exhibition that still mm. the ones that had both. Creativity and sexual seem yeah. to be the the main thrust, rather than some of the ones that yeah. was friendship and creativity. Or yeah, some, there are some of those in there, mm. but it feels like the ones that sex, romance, and creativity are the ones we're hearing most about.
1: Definitely, yeah. For example, a good way of looking at this is actually, um, if it was if the work was the relationship, then actually yeah. those relationships are actually not on like an interpersonal level; they're on a community level, aren't they? Mm. Because if you look at, for example the Dadaists and also, like, the Surrealists at the time. Yeah. They all fucking knew each other. Yeah. Like, they're all appearing in each other's, you know, yeah. and different, different people's names are popping up in different bits of the show. Yeah. And so they all working together and feeling part of movement mm. and feeling that, you know, that we're really changing something, responding to other people's works. Yeah. Even if they don't live together or might not even have, have met each other. Well, that's fascinating. They'll have a relationship with each other And
0: again, they? you could say, well, this is so much our time has been this focus on the couple unit and the nuclear family, yeah. and that we still have that here, where mm. actually we could have been having a more of a focus on communities or yeah. school schools of thought, or like you know, obviously there's a lot said about the Bloomsbury Group, right? Yeah. But still, there is this pulling out of some of the key couples in that group, rather than a kind of here's that whole group and how they interrelated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that was an interesting room, wasn't it? So, mm. um, the so. Um, the Bloomsbury group were kind of a broader collective of Mm. um, artists and writers and thinkers and um, philosophers, I guess, who uh, were kind of quite loosely connected in what seems to be like a kind of more of a, like a kind of a a family kind of community kind of thing. And in some cases they were actually living together in... um, in kind of in cohabiting relationships but also yeah. we're kind of attending each other's workshops and, right, right. and you know being, being, published. being so published by Virginia, Virginia Woolf or, yeah. had this
0: publishing company so they're going in and out of her house but yeah. they're also going in and out of this other big house where three or four of them are living and yeah, yeah. meeting in London and yeah
1: and um, mm. so that's kind of like a, a good example of actually that's like a, a, a family or a, a small community of mm. people who are all doing something actually at the time was quite radical I yeah mean, and i guess some of the relationships in uh, within that might have been quite traditional romantic relationships but mm. what's the important relationship there yeah the important relationship is that they're all like there is that sense of community that's kind of driving everyone isn't precisely
0: it? yeah and like clearly for at least in the case of virginia wolf we hear about two significant relationships yeah. through the exhibition but in different rooms of hers that kind of were driving forces so those and those are happening simultaneously as as i understand yeah um so yeah i think it's again like i say it opens up potentials but also there's still this sense of it being read through a certain lens
1: definitely Mm. yeah the show itself does kind of look look at the sexual or intimate slash romantic lens Mm. and it doesn't really do anything to unpack those yeah and doesn't do anything to kind of talk about. Um, the relationship between the work and the romantic, either. That's really. right.
0: Well, there was that nice moment where, really, where there was something about a book that two friends made, and then it, it said both at the time were in between relationships. Yeah. When they made the book, and I yeah. thought that, that was really telling what Andre was seen Breton as it
1: on and uh, I can't remember the other person
0: nicely remembered uh, at all. It was next
1: yeah. to the do <laughs> shop bit, which we'll talk about. Yeah, later. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it wasn't even really kind of, you know, mm. if you as you were listening to us last week, dear listener, we were talking about relationship anarchy. Mm-hmm. We were applying a relationship anarchy lens to yeah, the
0: show. Precisely. Right? Yeah. So,
1: if we were to say that actually romantic relationships aren't more important than every other relationship, and mm. that all relationships have the potential to be super valuable, and if we could look at mm. the world in that way, then that might open up a huge amount st- yeah. of stuff, and it might open up. A great, much greater capacity to love and to have nurturing, valuable, consensual, and intentional relationships. Mm-hmm. You, know, and, you know, that if we were to, even if we don't practice relationship anarchy ourselves, if we were to have a relationship anarch- anarchic lens on the world,
0: yeah. then we
1: can really start to bring in different kinds of relationships and value them.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so
1: in the exhibition, mm. they, we were noticing that, okay, yes, there were romantic relationships, certainly. Mm. Some of them were kind of problematic, which we'll come to yeah. we'll at you, Pablo Picasso. Um, <laughs> yep. And... Um, uh, so there definitely were those, but there were also co-parenting relationships. Mm-hmm. There were friend relationships. There yeah,
0: were lots of politically motivated, you know, really, activist relationships. Yeah, yeah. which is
1: really exciting. Yeah, uh, some of my, um, some of some of the ones that I thought were um, most interesting to me and mm-hmm. uh, kind of feels quite relevant at the moment. Yeah, but also crucially, there was like a relationship with ourselves and a relationship with versions of ourselves.
0: Absolutely, that was, was one of my favourite elements where that came in.
1: Yeah, <coughs> and I only saw that today, really and mm. because you, you pointed out there was um, a piece with Marcel Duchamp and um, taking self-portraits of himself um, I guess what, were they to it like cross-dressing like yeah dressing, I think that's, yeah doing uh, feminine, photos, feminine, anyway. yeah. feminine yeah. poses um, mm-hmm. and it said in the text not seeking to hide his masculinity and mm-hmm. playing with the idea playing with his own identity yeah um, and there were a series of shots of him looking, uh, you know, really lovely shots of him um, just um, being a different version of himself yeah. and, um, and inviting the viewer to consider what your relationship with yourself is and what identity is. And, mm-hmm. and also, I guess, this is another thing that was coming out in the show kind of blurring the idea of the messages that we receive about gender and what it is that men and women are supposed to look like. And, yeah, uh, that. which
0: there was quite a bit of, which was nice to see. Yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, sometimes there were some collaborations between two people Mm. where there was an element of one person photographing themselves or the other person in ways that captured different sides of them. But in that case, it was just him capturing himself in different ways. Um, So it was his relationship with, with an alter ego you know a version yeah. of himself which felt a bit yeah again really radically questioning what is a relationship and it was interesting that that was sort of quite tucked away rather than yeah. you know, one of the main pieces it would be really interesting to have had a whole room about somebody's relationship with another side of themselves
1: definitely I think that would have been a good you know if they'd have come to us and said can you help us curate this then we might have said okay let's have a room about artists relationships with themselves mm. let's have a room then you know do it that way another good one that you might want to look out for if you go to the show which I thought was super hot was a picture of Lee Miller um, uh, toying mm. with her own bust of her bust.
0: That's right, uh, that was great. A really
1: sexy picture, but um, also uh, a, a kind of a, but also a relationship with ourselves. Yeah. So that's a very, like, and actually, it was actually quite a radical picture as well, it's like, yeah. I won't try and explain it, but it's kind of hot yeah. uh, and um, uh, really nicely composed and stuff. but. Uh, composed in a very kind of avant-garde uh, kind of way but um, but there wasn't enough of that there could be loads more of that. Oh, you that's could pull it out modern. more as
0: well I was just thinking one of my favourite bits was the um, bit about Georgia O'Keeffe yeah. and Alfred Stieglitz mm-hmm. um, and so it's about their relationship and there's some interesting stuff about how the photographs of Georgia she is both the art, she's also the artist in the way she's performing in those photographs, again, being, be, being different sides of herself, it yeah. seemed. But also, you could say their relationship with location because mm. there's stuff about how she's in New York with him and she's learning from his photography yeah. but she's also in relationship with that city and how she's seeing that city yeah. and then later with kind of I guess the desert or you know the, the other the yeah. place that she lives after that where you know a lot of her more famous work is, is yeah. done so you know again I love that idea of starting to pull out relationships with non-human people or place animals or places you know that example. was a
1: really interesting thing with the constructivist couple as mm-hmm. well after the Russian Revolution um, oh what are their names there are so many names there are so many it's, names. it's hard to keep up um, it it will come to me but basically their relationship was um, they they were artists as activists who are wanting to take art out of what they saw as the um, the bourgeois um, mm. places of art galleries yeah. and put it on the streets, mm. uh, and to no longer have a hierarchy of, um, you know, painting and literature are like seen as art, but uh, design and mm. um, and other st- and uh, music and other styles of art are, are not seen as art. You know, which I thought was yeah. super interesting, which I would like more artists to do today. Mm-hmm. But their relationship was to to Russia and the political mm. moment. Yeah. Um, of the streets and the people, and trying to, and um, uh, Frida Kahlo is doing a similar mm. thing as well. Yeah. Uh, there's so much, you have to, like, there's a lot in this. Yeah, there is. But there is that, there, it's another relationship of, there is a, a relationship to a place. Yes. And a lot of the relationships were based on. Uh, like the length of their intimate relationship was based on the place that they were in mm. and often someone would move away or be forced to move away because yeah. of the political climate at the time and that would either well mostly end the relationship yeah. in in the way that in the normative way that we see an ending of relationships but that relationship to that place would yeah end for them as well i guess we well, that a lot in yeah
0: ours. there was a, there was an example of was it a three a, a sort of triad where it was something about they'd gone to this same place. No, it was the, it was two couples and it was about how they'd gone to yeah. that same place every summer. That was Kandinsky,
1: um, wasn't it? Gabriel Munter, Vasily Kandinsky, mm. uh, and another couple.
0: Best book about sex ever, in my humble opinion. That's a review of our book, Enjoy Sex, How, When and If You Want To. Available now on Kindle and in paperback. Exactly. So it's so interesting. You can go around the whole exhibition, you know, with, that fo- with the focus, with the lens on the kind of romantic sexual relationship. Mm. And then you could really interestingly go around the whole exhibition thinking about what's the relationship with place? What's the relationship with time? Mm. What's the relationship with self? You know, it's yeah. yeah. Um, where does friendship fit in? How, how is their relationship like both constrained and enabled by the culture of the time mm. and by place? Yeah, you know, big time. That's, that's what I'm thinking a lot about at the yeah. moment is how do the spaces we occupy and the culture around mm-hmm. us both enable and constrain what relationships are possible for us. And you really start to get that sense of how, you know, they were both, those things were both enabling and constraining Definitely. of the people. Yeah.
1: It was an opportunity for people to, to, to kind of press against what was happening or to retreat from what was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the... The triad, they called it a polyamorous triad of Pad Jamar, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Cabmus, Jared French, and Margaret French. Mm-hmm. And they were living in um, Fire Island, I think. On yeah, that, I and yeah. Basically, it seemed to me that they were taking these very, um, at the time, subversive. Mm-hmm. Uh, pictures which are actually really beautiful, yeah. just like hanging out. Yeah. Um But there's that there's that sense of them like taking them away and finding a space where they could do mm. that. and yeah. Fire Island apparently is a very kind of liberal place where people can just go off and yeah. do their thing. Sounds to nice.
0: have that place, and so yeah. many actually, so many of the people listed it was Paris. You know of a and, and yeah of a certain time and a certain place in Paris that enabled these kind of relationships yeah. and meeting like minded people who could support them, yeah because again, how can you do a radically different way of relating without some kind of community of support mm. around it yeah um you know and I think that 's really useful for people to kind of pull out from the exhibition, but think about our own lives, Mm. you know, is like, how do the structures around you and the cultures around you either support your relationships or make them actually really difficult because they don't support that kind of relationship?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess um, post-revolution in uh, Russia, this constructivist couple, Rodchenko is one of them, wasn't he? And his, his partner... I can't find her name um are <laughs> very much um at the forefront of the artistic response to the revolution and what and so they were yeah. very much like in it so they were, were very much
0: kind oh of yeah varvara stepanova and alexander rodchenko yeah. yeah
1: so they were kind of very much within the et culture of what the direction that we're going but so yeah. many other artists were outside of it responding to yeah uh, in large part fascism yeah um and then later on when uh, stalin came in with um so his uh social realism ideas of what art should be then a lot of these post revolutionary artists had to yeah go had to either conform to what Stalin wanted or just And with away. those
0: two you get that real sense of this joy in their work and this liberation really and was. they were actually, they were the ones who went to Paris and were really dismayed by the kind of gendered politics and the yeah. way women were objectified and there was a sense of quite a lot of liberation from that and a really equal relationship between them and a very joyful, almost silliness yeah. to their art as well, yeah. which was really sad to see that kind of mm. Being, being sort of snuffed out by the political changes that that's, just they couldn't sustain it
1: that's a good point as well about gender so first mm. of all let's talk about oh, um, yeah. uh, <laughs> let's talk about the a lot of the feminist responses and then talk about some of the yeah. really not feminist stuff that's going on so yes in many ways these modern couples were um, a lot of the heterosexual um, modern couples in in the exhibition mm. were uh, made a point of talking about um, the men getting credit for the work and women not getting credit yeah. for the work, and often the men would say, "Hey, look, this is what's happening. This is awful. You're not even treating women yeah. as humans here, because which is of what their Rich love for that, saying.
0: and because of their love for that particular woman. Often coming to see that. In fact, there was a There was one example where they literally, they specifically said that this guy saw women as." kind of yeah. all, the part of the problem and then oh, he got together Italian guy. <laughs> yeah then, then he got together with this woman and sort of you know began to see things through her eyes so yeah. there's a real sense of that quite a few of the guys had that of like oh my god you know this woman's art is amazing and yeah. i love her and i love her art but i'm now seeing Oh my gosh! You know, mine is being treated so well, and hers yeah. is being treated so badly. Yeah. And trying to counter that.
1: And sometimes that was um, that was something that the the male artist was constantly trying to mm-hmm. to do. Jean Arp was a good example yeah. of this with so his uh, his um, wife who died, Sophie Talbot, Yeah. I think we we pronounce her name. So there was that, but there were other men, and also I guess the history that that. The, again, the historiography, the story of the history, so mm. the history of the history is that women have been erased. Yeah. So, one good example of, of this is the Barcelona chair, uh, which mm. everyone thinks was designed by, mostly designed by uh, Mies van der Rohe. Mm-hmm. It's a very famous chair. It's very kind of mid century. It features a lot in like ale decoration and stuff. It's like a okay. classic, modern design classic. Mm-hmm. And he also created the. Um, a very famous modernist building um, called the Pavilion, I think, which is in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I only learned for the first time about his partner, Lily Reich, uh, who was probably more responsible for the Barcelona chair. Yeah. um, and And... Just as much of a collaborator on on the work as he was, but yeah, a lot of women's um, work has been erased through art history.
0: Absolutely, and again, like because of my love of Simone de Beauvoir, I'm already angry about this one because I go into any bookshop and she's not in the philosophy section. Generally, she's yeah. in like gender studies or women's studies, yeah. and it's like you know her philosophy. And again, if you read the, the books that she and Sartre produced in order there's a real sense of her stuff often coming first with these ideas yep. I, th- I think um, but even even if it was pure collaboration or whatever it's like why is she not seen as a serious philosopher yep. i did an existential therapy course and she was never even taught
1: you're joking
0: i'm not joking every Are single you serious? no <laughs> she wasn't not wow. once. And you like, told
1: me that was a bullshit it, course. Yeah,
0: and well, I mean, there's an interesting course in a number of ways, but it's very sad <laughs> the lack of Surrender Beauvoir. But also, I've got so many male colleagues who've written books on existential uh, therapy or existential philosophy who, again, have not even referenced her. Wow. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so there's a weird kind
1: yeah. of objectification in, in the way that people are kind of invisible. So women are made invisible, yet also kind of when they are noticed, they are seen as like this other.
0: Well, exactly. And then Um, there's the real creepiness of like some of the sort of more muse type, you know, so so many male artists who are like deciding this woman is their muse or like stalking women who no longer (laughs) want to be in relationships with them or making objects out of their genitals yeah, yeah that... that was
1: Duchamp I'm sorry oh my like, god my boy, that was that nasty was that yeah. was creepy as anything it was really creepy felt <laughs> a bit non-consensual it,
0: well it did and especially as like they're being now exhibited you know like really yeah. would you be comfortable with that yeah
1: yeah I mean they had like a passionate affair for a while and then that I guess gave him the I mean I've not read any of the biographies so I can't No, but
0: I feel like if that. you have an affair with somebody and yeah. you take some dodgy pictures or you make some items out of their genitals like you know oh, it's really likely that after the affair is over she wouldn't really want you sharing that shit no i think it's very unlikely she'd yeah. want you sharing that
1: definitely yeah a lot of non-consensual yeah <laughs>
0: yeah
1: um picasso was having um was being picasso i mean there's a famous song about picasso i don't know if you know this mm. called by the modern lovers it's mm. called pablo picasso he never got called an asshole um, <laughs> And he really should have. Yeah, yeah, he no, he does not arsehole. come across well. <laughs> so he was doing a lot of, um, well, he was doing a lot of non-consensual non-monogamy. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Um, having mistresses, mm-hmm. which um, uh, which, if everyone is able to, <coughs> you know, there are ethical considerations about this, but they're also quite, um, there are, it, it's, he was doing ethical non-monogamy in uh, a very sexist way yeah. very like he's allowed to do it and this is what he's meant to do and mm. this idea of the muse is kind of part of it and it's certainly part of other yeah some of the other couples as well which didn't seem very modern to me no where people are kind of trying to almost seduce people by the work or suggest that they other person belongs to them because of their work or that no. yeah
0: it's like you you make my art so good so you have to be mine kind yeah kind of thing it's yeah and it's still really placing the guy's work way above the yep. women's work, whatever that is. Oh, and then there was the guy who was trying to convince... It's women to be non monogamous because he was such a liberated guy and they were so oppressed.
1: Yeah, yeah. so we <laughs> liked her, didn't we? So yeah. that was, we liked Hannah Co- uh, Hannah Hoch.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, her work was amazing. Yeah. But the guy she was with who was trying to convince he, her to, the, like, hey, baby, you know, just just be non monogamous is uh, the radical way to be. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and then got her pregnant
1: without her wanting to. Oh, no. It's like Shocking. really unpleasant. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, there are a lot of different radical things happening, but there are also a lot of very old school, very sexist, exactly. very um, male entitlement things happening.
0: And another really interesting thing to do through the exhibition, you know, is to go through thinking, yeah, what's opened up, what's closed down? Yeah. Because, again, it's really useful to think about in terms of a more current kind of radical mm. way, ways of doing relationships and how often, you know, they get they'll get, they'll be critical and radical about one aspect but not about yes. others so like you know a lot of polyamory is you know really thinks critically about relationship structures hmm. sometimes the gender dynamics are still the same old ones certainly the spaces tend to be very white and middle class Yeah, um, not always accessible you know so it's like there's a Good sense time. in which people will think about one axis of oppression but not intersectionally about all yeah. of them and that, that definitely a, a flavour of that in the exhibition i think
1: that really is mm-hmm. um, and um, I guess related to that as well and I guess it's a thing that we haven't talked about yet but there is um, there's a class issue here and also a race mm. issue as well. Oh yeah,
0: there's very little about race through the exhibition Yeah, yeah. It was
1: a little bit um, mentioned here and there but it was um, super white and also I guess artists at that time um, I guess if you're um, an artist it Perhaps there's a class thing that enables you to do your radicalism in a way that you can kind of get away with. Yeah. If they had to, um, if they, I mean, there were a couple of relationships where actually their radical um, relationship or the fact that they were doing something quite modern. I'm thinking of the daughter of the, the Nancy Cunard and Henry Crowder she mm, um nancy yeah. cunard was the daughter of the shipping magnate the cunard's i guess um, um yeah. and she was in a relationship with a jazz singer i think or jazz pianist henry crowder who's yeah. a black american um african-american american black american. yeah um and she was publishing a lot of his work mm. and big upping his work and she got disowned and uh, died in poverty had taken out of the yeah the inheritance and stuff because she did that Um, but for the most part they're kind of these are um, artists who are able to do yeah Something more radical of the time because they were able to flit around the, the yeah, notions they, of what society told you. They have, to have do. more
0: freedom often because of having more privilege.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, even as some of them challenge it in some interesting ways, some of them really don't. And yeah, and, and again, in her case, I'm thinking, well, you know, but she's only kind of getting into race politics because it comes close to home yeah. and it's personal, yeah. whereas we don't see much of that in no. many of the other white British and white American examples yeah. in the exhibition. Yeah. And it is that kind of reminder of, I guess, what you know, Kimberly Crenshaw's kind of um, yeah. intersectionality teaches is that, you know, we need to look to the axes of oppression that aren't the ones that impact us directly. Mm-hmm. But there's not so, you know, there's the sense of definitely people getting politically engaged in what's going on at the time, mm. but not so much that they're looking at the, the other issues that are going on that don't impact them. I think so,
1: the other historical aspect to this as well is that a lot of the things that they were rebelling against or um, uh, that taking uh, taking a stand against were relatively new forms of oppression that mm. had been already invented by white people before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. So, um, you know, so you'll be able to speak more um, eloquently about this than me, but you know, the, the history of sexology, yeah. at the beginning of sexology in the mid 19th century is all about creating pathologies, right, yes, for yeah. a, a large part of it.
0: Yeah, so actually, at a sen- in a sense, they're reacting to that thing that's just starting to happen. About, yeah. Deciding what's deviant, and and it's interesting. You were commenting, weren't you, as we went round of how quite a lot of them were really seeing sex sexuality as inherently kind of liberating or something, yeah. which is a, a fascinating theme to yeah. explore. Like you know, is it necessarily liberating? But no, we, you know, um,
1: yeah, I don't think we would say that, would we?
0: No, but um, but I suppose. Yeah, again, it takes me back to thinking about the creativity and the erotic as potentially liberating things that can help guide us to a different way of doing things than than a more capitalist way of doing things, for example. But, um, you know, again, thinking of what Audre Lorde writes about that, but like, I think the idea, you know, that then it's it's easily morphs into this thing of like somehow free love is a good thing to do and you should have sex with loads of people and that's somehow inherently liberating. Which I is mean it was, uh, no. <laughs> Andre
1: Breton was kind of talking about the importance of sex and he was saying that the, the ultimate relationship is the intimate one and that mm. you know we can be, there was that section um which was entitled mad love which is a yeah. problematic term but that kind of implied that um that sexual and, like, full-on romantic kind of affairs were super important
0: and created a super important energy. And you know? almost, like, the craziness of that is somehow to be held up. You know, and again, yeah. it's it's just all worth, yeah, all worth unpacking a bit. Like, Definitely. you know, is that necessarily something to be held up and aspired to?
1: And I think that's the thing, mm-hmm. is that, you know, these are things that are modern and radical for their time quite Yeah, often. Some of them were not radical or radical things done in a non-radical way. Mm-hmm. And some of them... Uh, uh, but nowadays, we, we might see this as a story of how people can do things quite radically, but actually, mm. we're already doing pretty radical things, and they're, they're often not really talked about. Yeah. And we're often doing things in more radical ways that are actually not as kind of, um, you know, the way that we live our lives nowadays, in, you know, 100 years later, mm. is um, just as radical, but in quite mundane, everyday ways. Well, that's
0: it, yeah. I think often it is the mundane... I mean, certainly, you know, whenever people do documentaries about polyamory, the thing that polyamorous people generally say is, like, we want you to show the mundanity of our lives. It's not about, like, swinging from the chandeliers. You know, it is about, you know, just coming up with these rhythms to life and these structures that enable us to have these great... You know, a great family or, um, you know, just have a good relationship of whatever kind. But I suppose there is something about how... What's useful is that we can forget history really easily we can assume that we've just invented all this stuff and the exhibition does draw attention to the fact that people were talking about yeah it's something like ethical non-monogamy you Mm -hmm. know a long time ago or something like there's certainly a lot of bdsm in there there's a lot of non-binary gender in there which is great to see and again that's you know gosh that's nearly always presented as something new that the kids are doing it's really good to see look no it has a long history dating back a long long way here Mm yeah
1: well but the the that's the point I was making about sexology. Yeah. But the same kind of rigid codes of gender yeah. came in not long before those artists yeah. were, were, you know, were having were doing to rebel against them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that 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 that's kind of part of it. Is that I guess there is like a a more uh, one of the things that they were all rebelling against was like the establishment, like mm. the state telling yeah. people how they, they can be you know good little capitalists uh yeah. and you know and a and normal a and, uh, and you know uh, i guess like a effective um so that is the one thing in common with all of mm. them um so oh wait that wasn't the point i was making yeah i was making a point about modern day but, yeah you know but reflecting on this uh we all have this understanding of our relationship with ourselves for example that we document on a daily basis think of how many selfies we might take (laughs) we did did
0: one just at the exhibition (laughs) exactly Uh,
1: and how that's an opportunity Hmm. for us to um, explore our relationship with ourselves and invite other people to explore different versions of our identity Um, there's polyamory that you talked about but also as we talked about last week there's non-exclusive dating Mm that's friends with benefits there's uh, hookups um there's a uh, non-conceptual non-monogamy mm-hmm. uh there's co-parenting yeah which is something that comes up in the exhibition mm-hmm. a lot of people are having kids in, in the exhibition yeah um but yeah there's co-parenting which is actually you know that's a very modern relationship and people do it mm. people don't really talk about how they do it but co-parenting is a super kind of like like uh normative non-normative like normal non-normative relationship that yeah people are doing. that's a really good point. tons of people are doing that yeah um so yeah a lot of the relationships that were have available to us now are pretty radical in a way mm-hmm. that yes there is the history of this in mm-hmm. in the exhibition but that we don't have to all be you know uh struggling artists or not so struggling artists to do it we're just doing it in a yeah. more everyday way yeah, maybe people were more able to do that back then too. Maybe there were non-artists exploring that. Well, that's interesting. We
0: just don't hear their history because it's yeah. not so documented and they're not so famous. But yeah, mm. that would be yeah, it would also be a very interesting exhibition if people could get hold of people's more everyday lives. Um, certainly, when I've often done a talk on non-monogamy, like somebody will often say something about like, oh yeah, my grandparents had this arrangement, yeah. you know, and it was just like in our village, it was kind of just known, kind of an open secret that you know granddad had two homes that he went between or something like that so I think there probably are it's just they, yeah they tend to be less documented
1: and Mm. you talked about how there are different in uh different class communities there might be more ability for people to do different versions of gender or sexuality that might absolutely um, yeah uh, that might be accepted in different ways that aren't might not be accepted in Mm -hmm. in other ways Mm. um yeah. So that's, uh, do we have any, we talked about the exhibition, haven't we? That's yeah. Our, that's our, first, we've done art before, haven't we, with Alexandra Karpovitz? Oh, that's right, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, this is our first foray into
0: art going of, around an exhibition. Art of the past, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, was, I found it <laughs> exciting, as I say. I feel like a very, it's very much not an area of expertise of mine, although I always wished I had done art A-level. So. yeah but I didn't so me too <laughs> yeah but anyway it's um yeah It's. I feel like you're mu- you're much more into the art you're quite often going to these exhibitions so
1: I'm well into it I yeah. can't, I like making it for people as well oh, the, I love the the art birthday cards and things yeah yeah um, there also
0: there is some pants above your head that look like that's it, right that one of your
1: most recent yeah I'm displaying some pants that I bought from that's art yeah yeah it's from a band called charismatic megafauna wow uh and they're um uh uh I think three women in a band and i think they're also like performance artists as well cool sort of an art show and they had these pants on sale
0: wow so i bought their pants oh well, they're awesome yeah yeah so yeah i feel like you're much more switched on with this <laughs> but it's nice to be a little part of it like one of the many benefits of our um exactly relationship like, yeah creative well that's
1: thing. the the final thing to say about yeah. this i suppose isn't it that actually um we do a lot of work together you know the work is an exciting part of our relationship it's Mm -hmm. like we talked about this in a previous episode actually exactly and um, we don't have sex together we don't live together we Mm -hmm. don't um, we don't uh, we don't spend like daily contact with each other yeah we do this work together which is super important part of the relationship makes it a very intimate relationship absolutely Um, so you know the, let's be careful about how we about about how we scrutinize relationships and how we mm-hmm. look at relationship patterns and, and how we value and how we value them yeah which
0: ones are valued yeah exactly. exactly i think that's really important um and oh yeah you had that thought about what's um about the volume on relationships oh yeah as that well. is another one yeah that, you know there's a sense in a way of almost like it's something we talk about in our zine make mm-hmm. your own relationship user guide that you could imagine like different knobs on a, like a stereo are or Are laughing yourself because you said the word knobs? <laughs> no, I was laughing because I can't remember, but that is quite funny as well. Um, <laughs> but like what they're called. But anyway, all the knobs that do the volume and the, yeah. the other things. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, this is not coming out how I meant it. Um, but yeah. Volume um, levels. Yeah, yeah, the different levels. And like, there's a sense almost in the exhibition, I think that if all the levels are turned to high that's a more interesting, exciting relationship yeah. if they're highly creative, co-creative and sexual and romantic and they live together and they may be co-parent. Yeah. And what we've said is it's really interesting and useful to think about. Do they do that? You know, does that somehow, yeah. is is it somehow more quality if all yeah. of them are turned higher, that's actually a huge amount of pressure yeah. on a relationship, and it may be that you know you need to turn some of them down in order for others to go up and yeah. you know, yeah.
1: A lot of the relationships are ending in quite abrupt or tragic ways as well, exactly, weren't they? Exactly,
0: which you wonder is there some link to that that huge pressure to yeah. be all of these things to one person? Exactly, um, which you know, which again is is a feature of modern love that idea that you have to be best friends and mm. you know hot lovers for your whole relationship and co-parents and. Yeah. and domestic you know it's like a lot of things together that people like esther perel have said are, are actually quite incompatible yeah um yeah so i think there's that's a kind of implicit question raised by the exhibition too definitely
1: and mm. and some of the artists were actually um so intertwined that they were essentially working on the same thing all the time yeah. mm-hmm. but um but then a lot of the quotes on the wall about how they relate to each other were like you know there's the quote from frida carlo to her partner diego's Somebody, Mm -hmm. uh, you're my urine, you're my breath, you're my my mouth, mouth," or something. It's like you know that Mm. sense of entwinedness and oneness is kind of presented as being the most important or the most romantic or the the ideal in a way. Which I think, when we're if we were to look at it uh, a, a little bit objectively, we might think that's looks like quite a lot to me yeah it could be a
0: bit more like you know what they call codependence or enmeshment which might not be such a a great thing for a lot of people it's actually quite a quite a a tough thing to be that to be that um but yeah again it's about taking each one each relationship and you know what works for the people in it but yeah there's a sense that they're trying to sort of almost make it like oh yeah the time together was you know improved each person's art but there the must also have been times when that kind of coming together was actually quite bad for both people or yep. made them less productive for a while or, yep. or you know, kind of diluted something of what they were doing as well. Yeah. All these things happen. hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Okay, so let's stop talking about that. Yep. Let's tell people again about our event. It's yes. on the sixth of December it'll be at the Barbican in that London that they have now yes the Barbican Centre <laughs> yeah. um, we will tweet uh, links to tickets and things when it's all up mm-hmm. and uh, it will be an interactive guide with me and MJ even if you've if you've seen the the exhibition I think you'll enjoy our show just as much as if you haven't seen the
0: exhibition oh yeah we won't be assuming people have seen it but no. it should um, it might be an interesting thing to go to the exhibition before or after to get yeah. to link them up um, also if you've enjoyed our relationship user guide which you can download from our website mm-hmm. um, we'll be touching on that yeah. yeah
1: I think we'll be distributing some handouts from that I don't, maybe yeah. not the whole thing but some handouts from that for people to work through yeah. uh, with us and we will answer questions and guide people through how mm. we might uh, have our own modern couples <laughs> slash throuples slash quads slash
0: relationship with yourself slash relationship with the planet yes yeah
1: <laughs> you know all the different relationship models yeah. out there um and yes uh if you like the idea of our relationship uh user manual our zine create your own u- relationship user guide make your own relationship user guide you can get that from our <laughs> website if you go to megjohnandjustin.com forward slash publications you can find it there it's just two pounds fifty it is and a follow lot of people us, buy that follow like us it.
0: on twitter at megjohnjustin yeah not at megjohnandjustin no. which i managed to typo the other day
1: yeah it's too long it won't let <laughs> yeah, us have, yeah, no, yeah, I asked yeah, yeah. for that and it won't let us no, have it so, so yeah, John Justin on John Justin yeah. uh, we're on the Facebooks as well and Instagram Instagram
0: yeah which I'm yeah. doing a lot more of these days oh yes if yeah. you want to see my lovely pictures of nature you can follow me on Instagram if you want yeah. to learn about us we very occasionally put something together very point.
1: occasionally <laughs> <laughs> Um and uh, what's the other thing oh yes please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review if you leave us a review More people will find out about us, and then um, that's a good thing, isn't it? If you enjoy our podcast, don't you want other people to find out about us? Yeah. You just want to keep it your little secret. So, (laughs) is that what people are doing? They're just, you know, listening to us and, you know, (laughs) uh, allowing the wise words to seep into their brain, and then they kind of seem very wise with their friends. Oh, yeah,
0: and then they don't want to tell people because. They don't want to
1: tell people where they're getting it from. Maybe. You know?
0: But, yeah. Could that be happening? unlikely unlikely <laughs> at
1: some point we'll be in an exhibition like that i think well, in it, years time.
0: it would be cool wouldn't it? That'd be nice. yeah yeah but hopefully they will recognize more diverse relationship types at that point but yeah. i like the idea of people walking around listening to bits of our podcast on audio and like <laughs> our our zines. Scenes. yeah that would be really cool yeah
1: <laughs> yeah okay so that oh wonder we've got another book out as well sorry well, we, more kind things to plug. we kind of have we kind of have it's the same book remember yeah. dear listener you have another book out called a, a sex a practical guide or a practical guide to sex yeah it's the same as enjoy sex yeah. it will just so be in a more different part of the bookshop
0: it will and it's a bit smaller so it's more handy for your pocket yeah,
1: yeah. it's the kind of thing you could pull out of a sweet coat
0: i mean it'd be a great thing to buy for christmas for someone just saying
1: yeah wouldn't it though It would. What
0: a great Christmas present. What a great stocking filler. Yeah. But even better would
1: be to buy all our zines. (laughs) Yeah. And print them out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Let's end this podcast. Uh, Until next time. Bye. Bye.